everybody. Welcome to Rebel Parenting. I'm Ryan Dobson, your host, and... I'm Laura Dobson, your co-host. It's been a while. Yeah. You've not been here in a while. It's been a while. Comic Mom took a break. That's right. Hug Dealer is back, and uh, <laughs> so good to have you here, Laura. Thank you for Thank being you here. Man. We've been talking so much about our new book, Rebel Parenting's mm-hmm. coming out hopefully next year. That's the plan. It looks like it. So from now on, we're going to start doing two shows a week. On Tuesdays, we will do Rebel Parenting, and on Thursdays, uh, we have current events coming up. That'll just be me. Um, and it's current events that affects the family. Yeah. Um, anything else, you can study on your own. But whatever the government is doing that's going to impact the family, we want you to know about it. And so Thursdays, that's what that's going to be. And so today on Rebel Parenting, we're going to talk about our book and another book, which is one of our favorites. You can't see it on here because the lighting's <laughs> weird. But it's Paul Tripp's book, Parenting. Uh, 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family. This is... Uh, hmm. My favorite modern-day parenting book, absolutely. Uh, one, it is one of my favorite, too. It has changed me more than maybe any other book I've read in the last four or five years. And so we're going to talk about that. But first, thank you to our sponsors, hmm. Summit Ministries. Summit changed my life as a teenager. My son is going in a few weeks. I can't Yay! wait. I'm super excited. Go to summit.org. Use the code REBEL22. Get you 100 bucks off your summer program. Thank you to Covenant Eyes for getting rid of porn and families all mm-hmm. over the world covenanteyes.com, code word REBEL for a free month. And please think about becoming a monthly donor. Uh, When you support us on a monthly basis, it lets us know what we can do for the rest of the year. It kind of gives us a baseline for what we're doing. Thank you to all of our monthly supporters and all the new monthly supporters. Thank you. Thank you. So one of the things in Rebel Parenting we've been talking about a ton, uh, something I I found on Easter Sunday, uh, which was just recently. I'm going to pull up my Bible app here. Hmm. This is Galatians 5, 22 and 23, which you've heard the beginning of this verse many, 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 many times. But the last part of the verse I had not heard before, and this is why it's revolutionary. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We've all heard that. We've all heard those drawn, things. Drawn the pictures about it. Have our children draw the pictures of the fruit of the spirit. I'm old. Right. My mom did flannel graph. I don't know. You, That's awesome. Yeah. We need that. <laughs> so we had a giant blue chair that my dad sat in our living room, and my mom would turn it around, and there'd be a big giant blue square, mm. and she would put flannel. Gra- no one knows what flannel graph is. They I were have some upstairs somewhere. Flannel figurines and characters, and you would then they stick on their own to cloth. And she would tell the story, and she had the fruit of the spirit, and they had all the different fruits with the different names on it. That was flannel graph. And she did that with our neighborhood friends and with my sister and I. But the part that didn't get taught, and I've not heard it in church, honestly, and this is no disparagement to my parents or anybody else, learning the fruit of the spirit is fantastic. But the important part is, in verse 22, against such things, there is no law. you got to let that one marinate for a while. Against such things, there is no law. Meaning, there's never a situation in life. There's never a situation, a circumstance, a conversation. There's never an instance where Mm -hmm. it would be wrong to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, Mm. and self-control. So when you're angry with your kids, when they're doing something wrong, when 
they're talking back to you and you want to give it to them and you want to put them in their place or whatever it is and your feelings are hurt because our feelings get hurt as parents. It's never wrong. There is never a law against showing your children or your spouse and your spouse (laughs) love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So when you're in your marriage and in your daily life and when you're with your kids and when you're making dinner or you're getting ready for school or you're doing lunches or you're asking them to do Driving chores all over. or you're doing homeschool or you're <laughs> doing homework and you feel the emotions coming up to be ugly and we all do, my goodness, I am a massive failure in this area. But just understand it's never wrong to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Place that one on your heart, and when you're with your spouse, and when you're with your kids, or anyone, Mm -hmm. try to show the fruit of the Spirit. That will change your life. It will change your family's lives. Talk Mm -hmm. about how that's changed in our household. Mm, I think with kindness, Mm -hmm. just really respecting our children and and using kindness in their in their gifts and kind of what we're going to talk about what he says is that we get to be treasure hunters Mm -hmm. as parents and so I think what I've noticed in the last two years I've really been clear about when they've done um, a good deed or been kind or been gentle or any of the fruit of the spirit I've I've been specific with the action attached to Mm -hmm. the fruit does to that thank make them sense? for being that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like, oh, you're a good son. Right. Because that's great. They need yes. to hear that too. But Lincoln, you were so kind when you were patient with your sister, yep. when you were teaching mm-hmm. her how to write mm-hmm. that word. Mm-hmm. That was kindness. Yeah. And I really respect that in you. And I see that growing in you. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever you're sure. seeing. Hey, we're Lucy, treasure hunters. You so. showed a bunch of self-control when you said, excuse me, when mommy and I were talking. And you waited your turn to speak. That's so polite. It's so easy to listen to you and to find out what you want to know when you're being polite. That interaction with your kids. Now, here's the great thing. This is so awesome. I was listening to the Andrew Huberman uh, interview the other day. He has a Huberman Lab podcast. It's a fantastic one. I highly recommend it. He is a neuroscientist. Uh, It is all peer-reviewed studies that he talks about. But when we talk about doing good things and feeling good about it, we talk about dopamine. And they go, oh, dopamine is the feel-good feeling. Well, yes, and. you got to have the and. Dopamine also has something that makes you want more. Dopamine makes you feel good, but you want more of that feeling. And oftentimes, if people like chocolate, there are certain people that love chocolate, certain people that don't. But the ones that love chocolate, when you take a bite of chocolate, mm, it tastes so good. But the first instance is I should have more of this. I should take another bite of this. It's the more, uh, what do you call it? Hormone? Not hormone. Chemical. Chemical. Yeah. So you feel good and then your brain goes, you should do this again. Yeah. So when you tell your kid, hey, you know what? You're being, you you had showed a ton of self-control. That was really polite. I appreciate that. And they smile, you feel good. And then your brain goes, you should do that again. And so what Laura's talking about is over the last two years, we're being kind, we're being complimentary, we're showing grace, uh, we're being softer with each other, and your brain feels good when you do that, and then it makes you want to do it again. So I do it more. Laura does it more. I'm going to give you an instance. Empathy. Empathy has risen so much in our family, Hmm. and this is the instance. (laughs) Our good friend Dan was in town the other day. What's up, Dan? 
He's a photographer, he's an action sports guy, and he's really cool. He's our age, but he's cooler than we are in our kids' <laughs> eyes. It's just how it is. For years, I've been speaking to high school kids and college kids, and parents come to me afterwards, and they go, I say the same thing you say. Why do they listen to you? I go, because they think I'm cooler than you. My kids do the same thing. Uncle Dan was coming into town, and he brought all of his snowboards and his mountain bikes and his skateboards and all of his cool stuff. By the way, he had just come from Idaho, where yeah. he was – snowboarding and then announcing ski races that's his job he's announcing ski races and doing color commentary during the racing and he came in and we were all stoked and uh we hung out for a while and Mm. then i've got a theater in here and so dan and i wanted to watch this new documentary on tony hawk and so we were watching it that night and we were having such a great time and he and i hung out and Mm. the laura and lucy and the kids were doing their own thing and Laura and Lucy went to bed, and about 11, I came upstairs to get a snack, and mm. Lincoln wasn't in his room, which is where he lives most of the time. He mm. was in the living room watching his phone, and it instantly hit me. He was waiting to hang out with Uncle Dan and I, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize it. I felt so bad. Mm. I was like, oh, no, because I remember being young, and cool uncle was coming over. My uncle was Uncle Reen. Uncle Reen was the coolest. <laughs> Uncle Reen, I saw my first tattoo on Uncle Reen. I got my, I got tattooed because I saw that when I was like ten years old because he was so cool. Which I just told your parents. Oh yeah, that story, know. and they did not know that. Nope. So that's now public knowledge all yeah. across the board. I had never told anybody that, but he had told me cool stories, and I remember those feelings. And I didn't say anything to him, but I told Laura, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel like such a huge jerk. Lincoln was waiting to hang out with us, and we didn't, and I felt so bad. And she goes, well, did you say something to him? And I was like, no. Mm -hmm. She's like, Ryan, go tell him. And that's the hard part. The hard part is going to your kids when you blow it and telling them because you feel bad. Being authentic about it. Yeah. And it doesn't take your power away. It feels that way. Culture tells you when you're wrong, you lose power, you lose status, you lose position. You don't. You gain trust, you gain vulnerability, and you gain honesty. I went to Lincoln and I went, hey, buddy, I am so sorry. You were waiting to hang out with Uncle Dan and I last night, and I didn't know, and I Mm. totally ignored you. I feel terrible. He's like, oh, Daddy, that's okay. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not okay to ignore my son. I didn't mean to, but you felt bad, and I hate that. So tonight, dude, we will hang out. Whatever you want to do, we're all going to hang out. And we did. But Laura was like, my goodness, Ryan, four years ago, you would never even thought that thought. Right? Right. It's true. Yeah. And it's not because I was a jerk. I just didn't have enough empathy. And I'm so thrilled. Well, and the other thing, I don't know if this is accurate, but what just popped in my brain is you've put the time Mm. and the commitment into Lincoln these last couple years of really making a priority to spend time with him. And so you have that relationship with him already in place. So I think in a way you're more empathetic towards him because you're closer to him. Totally. Does that make sense? Like you've, if you wanted to put in all that time with him, I I think you're, you know, that's a hundred percent. I don't know if empathy is connected to time. I don't, I don't know how that all goes. I don't, but I think you're a hundred percent right. I've but built a relationship so well with him that I do notice those things. Yes, and that's I what I'm have saying. Before. Right, it's fantastic. That's kind of what. Absolutely. Thank you. That's exactly right. Totally. Uh, what was the last one? I had one. I just lost it. Doesn't matter. We'll do it next time if we need to. Um, 
I'm going to do this one at the end. Okay. So we just did that. Let's dive into Paul Tripp's book, Parenting. Okay, so that was Rebel Parenting. That's going to be in our new book. There'll be a whole thing on the fruit of the spirit, how we accomplish that. Just want you to know that we're working on it. Uh, and as soon as the first chapter comes out, if you're signed up on the newsletter, rebelparenting.org, we'll give you the first chapter for free. Mm-hmm. So Paul Tripp, his book, Parenting. And I'm telling you, when I got this book, I was like, what? Hardwood floor, wooden rocking chair, white wall. And I was like, really? I wouldn't have picked this book up. I mean, you know what I look like. You know the stuff that I wear. You see me on here. And I've met Paul. I've interviewed Paul. We did a Rebel Upgrade for this. We're going to send it out this week. Uh, if you've signed up for the newsletter, you'll get all the Rebel Upgrade material for this that will help you go through the book and learn it more deeply. Hmm. Uh, but this one, I told Paul, like, I don't know if I would have picked this book up on my own, but our producer, producer Kay, Kristen Chadwick, read this and said, oh, my goodness, you've got to read this. Mm-hmm. And we have changed everything. <laughs> Absolutely everything. So this is the nice clean copy. My I know, copy's right? upstairs. Yeah, the copy that we read is like all tabbed and it's drawn. It's coffee is ruined books. On it. Ruin them. We ruin books, but it's a sign that we read books too. Okay, calling. This is the first chapter. He's got a principle attached to each chapter, and then he goes into it. But this is the one principle. Nothing is more important in your life than being one of God's tools to Mm. form a human soul. Think about that. Nothing. Laura and I have learned that, and our culture tells us differently. In fact, talk about what culture tells women. You know, you can do everything. Oh, that you can have it all. You can do it all. You can have it all. You can have the job, the kids, the everything. And I'm not saying don't work. I'm not a fem. I don't know. I'm not like an aunt feminist or whatever like that anti-feminism but i'm just saying that there's lies in this culture Mm -hmm. about parenting and about motherhood and about femininity and about masculinity Mm -hmm. and there's just so many lies and i think we need to take a look at some of the lies that maybe we haven't fought against or agreed upon Mm -hmm. or you know because parenting uh, is under attack yeah Completely. And there's sacrifice. And what we're saying is what they're telling women is you, you not only can you have everything all at once, but you should. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. That's the insidious thing about our culture mm-hmm. is it's always your fault. You're right. the one that's wrong. If you don't have a great marriage and great kids and they don't look perfect and they don't get great grades and you've got a job that makes you a boss mom and all those things, well, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And it's not. You can have everything you want. You just can't have it at the same time. And mm. here's the interesting thing. When we first had kids, when they were babies, I was in this old school mentality of, I'm the dad, I'll work, you'll stay home, you'll make the sacrifice for now, and then once the kids are gone, then you can join the workforce again. Yikes. It's embarrassing even saying that out loud. I don't know if you're that old school. You know that I was. You're being so nice to me right now, and I appreciate that, but <laughs> let's be honest. I have grown a lot over the years, and I'm proud of that, and we I'm okay have. with it. Yeah. I'm okay with it. What I realized is I was missing out. I was missing out because I wasn't making the sacrifice too. I was focused so much on being the provider for the family. The provider. That's all we talk about with dads. The most important thing you can do is earn money. No, it is not. The most important thing you can do is, as Paul says here, 
is being one of God's tools to form a human soul. And I wasn't doing that, and I was missing out on my kids' lives. And Lord pulled me back in, the Lord pulled me back in, and I made the sacrifice. We stepped back from a lot of things, and we didn't make the money we could have, clearly. That's okay, because I have a better relationship with my kids and my wife because of the sacrifice that I made. And by the way, isn't it funny to call it a sacrifice now? Right. Right? Right. Like, it felt like that in the beginning, like, oh, my goodness, I'm missing out on all these things. And now I look back and, like, man, I wish I would have started this earlier. Well, it's like kind of like meditation when I teach people about meditation or we talk about meditation and prayer and the yeah. word. Um, lots of people resist it, resist it, and then they'll do it for a while, and then they're like, okay, I cannot live without this in my life anymore. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to yeah. rearrange my whole entire life mm -hmm. so I get to meditate. And what we're saying is we rearranged how we were operating as a family yeah. with God and with each other. Mm -hmm. And it changed the way we do things now. We won't let things interfere with that yeah. uh, family bond and that time we have Because now. it's more valuable than, than the money we thought we were bringing in. Exactly. It's or whatever. It's more valuable than the stuff we were buying with the money. It's just more valuable. Yeah. The relationship is so great. Okay, you know what? I am going to talk eternal. about it right here. Here's what I'm going to talk about. Okay. We've talked about this for years and years and years. You can have all the money in the world. You can be successful, powerful, famous, loved by millions. All the money in the world. If your home life is on the rocks, if your marriage stinks and your kids are going nutty and you've got no control in your home, none of that will matter. None of it will matter. Right. And we've been saying this for years, but it's hard to show how what an example that is. Because I've lived it. I've had more money than I knew what to do with and a terrible home life and it didn't matter. Mm. Recently we saw an example of this and I hesitate to bring it up because I hope that he's getting help in his family home life. But mm. Will Smith did something at the Oscars that was highly inappropriate but it had nothing to do with the joke Chris Rock made about Jada Pinkett. Had mm. nothing to do with that. It has to do with his home life. His marriage is in trouble his family life is in trouble, mm. and he showed the entire world that it doesn't matter if you're the world's biggest movie star. Literally on that night, winning the Oscar for the best actor in the world for this last year, mm. he has more money than he knows what to do with. He's got a special on Disney Plus where he roams the earth with adventurers and explorers. They've got you know families taking photos on the top of a, vol a volcano, mm. and it looks amazing. I have friends that know Will. His life is amazing mm. on the outside, but we saw a glimpse of the inside. We saw a glimpse of the pain and the hurt and the devastation that a bad marriage can bring and a bad home life can bring. Mm -hmm. And I hesitate to bring this up because all I want is for him to get his marriage in order. All I want is for you all to see what a transformation can happen in a family when you get your marriage and your kids into God's will, when you become that tool to form a soul and you let God break you and be wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you die to yourself. And you die to yourself. Yeah. It was, I, I mean, how does he feel now? I mean, it, every one of his projects got stopped and put on hold. Because, why? Because in a moment, he felt emasculated. And he felt little. And he felt embarrassed. And he felt he needed to show everybody that I'm not this thing that I think I am. When Will looks in the mirror, he sees something we don't see. We see a great movie star, and 
I thought we were seeing a great dad and a great husband and all these things. We see all these things. When he looks in the mirror, he doesn't see that. Hmm. He sees a broken man who's sad. And that stinks, man. That stinks. Work on your family. It's the most important investment you could possibly make. Let's get one more. Mm. Here it is. <laughs> this book is so rad. I like what you said. Um, oh, yeah. Parents as treasure hunters. This is what you brought up in the That's beginning. That's what I love. This is the one. It's so great. So we were talking. This makes parenting, like, if you could think about it, fun in a way. It's I know an adventure. It's more of the adventure. And I think what's lost in our culture is that play. We've lost yeah. the ability to place, especially with all the tragedies we've been through and the tragedies yeah. going on right now. People, it's like, it's hard to risk that vulnerability to play. But right. I think at asking yourself to be a treasure hunter of your children or of your spouse is a fun way to play. Mm -hmm. So Now let me what explain says. what that means. Here's what you need to understand. Everything you do and say in your life, every choice you make, and everything you decide to invest in is a reflection of a system of internalized values in your heart. I gotta read that again. <laughs> Listen to that. Everything you do and say in your life, every choice you make, everything you decide to invest in is a reflection of a system of internalized values in your heart. As beings made in God's likeness, we do not function by instinct. Rather, we are value-motivated human beings. Your words, your time commitments, your finances, your emotional highs and lows, your relationships and your spiritual habits together form a portrait of what is valuable to you. Think with me for a moment. If I were to watch with you the video of your last two months, what would I conclude is of true value to you? Or, if I were to watch the last few months of you parenting your kids, what would I say about the level of importance given to this foundational task that God has assigned mm. to you? Now, when we're I not, read this for the first but time... we're not here for shame uh, or guilt or... Listen, uh, I'm not saying that. No. And I will tell you... When did this book come out? 2016. So, six years ago. When this book came out six years ago, that chapter and that paragraph embarrassed me because had you looked at the last two months of my life, I don't think I would have been proud of what you found. It was so interesting reading it again, preparing for this program, because if you looked at the last two months of my life, I'd be so stoked. <laughs> I'd be so stoked. I'd be like, check me out. Oh, I, spend... I, I, I struggle with mommy guilt, so, you know, no, anyway, but you could check me out, but I'd have things. Oh, I didn't do that right. Or, oh, I could have been more patient Laura would with tell Lucy. You that. If you or, looked at the last two months of Laura's life, you'd be like, oh, my goodness, you spend so much time with your kids. <laughs> How do you do it? By the way, you know what? When you, when you become treasure hunters for your kids, it's finding what makes them amazing, what makes them unique, what makes them special, all the little teeny nuances about them, their sense of humor, whether it's sarcastic or pun or whatever those things are, whether they're creative or artistic or whether they're analytical or, or real, you know, uh, engineering types. What are those things? Yeah. So often, this is what I was super guilty of. I was only looking for me in my kids. Yeah. I didn't know anybody until Lincoln was born that I was biologically related to. I'm adopted. That's what that means. And so I just wanted to be like somebody else. Well, and I think a lot of parents, I would say all parents, struggle with projection at some time. Sure. I think that's a normal parenting 
phenomenon we mm-hmm. fall into. So your don't... kid's success or failures are a yeah. reflection on whether you're a good or bad person. And that's okay. Just notice when you are projecting and yeah. you know, choose. Because your kids aren't an extension of you. Yeah. Like that's it was mm-hmm. so interesting. We were going to an event recently and they were telling us the people that invite us were telling us that it was dressy and I was like, okay. And then they made a comment about my son. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, hey, if you want us to come, that's amazing. And we'll dress appropriately because we're adults. Mm -hmm. But the point of being together is being together. If you're going to bring up how my son dresses, by the way, he's the greatest dresser. I know. Like, it was such an inappropriate thing, and it changed the relationship of the people that invited us. It was like, Mm -hmm. oh, you value things that we don't value. Mm -hmm. You're worried about what someone else might think of you. And – Ugh, I based on what my son dresses because people are thinking like, what is your son dressing like? Oh my goodness, so great, <laughs> like so appropriate, so fifteen, just you know, joggers and sweats and hoodies and t-shirts, like nothing inappropriate on any level. He couldn't be any cuter. That's why it was such a weird thing. It mm-hmm. was like, but all it did is show their focus because mm-hmm. it was such a strange thing. Like you look at my kid, and you're like, my gosh, you're a handsome, gorgeous kid. Mm-hmm. Like both of my kids are just striking, but it was oh. You're worried about other people. You're not worried about if we're going to have a good time or what we're going to talk about and how this is going to – like those things. It was, oh, you're not a treasure hunter. I found so many things out about my kids looking at just trying to find out how God made them the most amazing things in the world. Yeah. And, and you and can and do so that. Life, and I think uh, the funny – the neatest thing about that first chapter kind of just shares different scenarios of parenting, yeah. right? But it goes from – babies all the way to like they go to college and they come home right. and, it, and it keeps you in, engaged in the story but it you know shares the pitfalls of parenting totally. over the d- years you go through and it was it's real affirming and I think p- most parents can relate to it I mean he's a great totally. writer and then then at the end of the scenario that's when it comes for like the abundance of finding their yeah. treasure hunters for their whole life yep they yep. get to do that for the whole life, and then you get to teach them how to do it to their children. Like, it's a really neat mm-hmm. generational thing that, you know. And here's what I'd ask you. Think about when you were young and what you wished somebody would have complimented you on. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's anything. Maybe you're like, my goodness, I wish my <laughs> parents would have said, told me I was good at anything. <laughs> but you can remember that one teach. By the way, it's so interesting. I can remember my teacher, Mr. Raftery. Uh, he was a football coach. And uh, I think he was a history teacher. It's so funny that I don't remember, but he impacted me so greatly. Mm-hmm. The way I speak today was based heavily on his use of grammar because he thought it was important. And I didn't understand that, but he thought it was important. And I thought he was cool. And I started doing it. And he complimented me. And I never forgot it. Right. I never forgot it. You hear those things and you're like, wow. And you can do that with your kids. You can tell them. And this is not false self-esteem. This isn't you get a trophy for everything you do or you should get an A for a everything you do. You should get an A because you showed up. Because you showed up. That's not it. Wait, no. It's finding. And by the way, that is hollow and your kids won't respond to it. Right. When they know they've done a bad job and you tell them they did a great job, they look at you and go, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Because they know you're lying. But when you find the true thing that they did well, whether it was being kind or whether it was artistic or engineering or whatever it is, and you go, wow, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. Or you do it to somebody else, 
your son or daughter is here and you turn to someone and go, man, the other day, my son Lincoln did, da, 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 and I was so proud of him telling other people those things or telling them, hey, I was talking to your grandpa the other day and I told him you know, that you got a good grade or I told him how hard you tried in that race or something. Tell them you tell other people how great they are. That will build their confidence. It will let them make more mistakes and try new things. Mm. And let them be better, more well-rounded people. Mm. Love it. Cool? Yeah. Thanks for coming back. It's better with you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks to all of our sponsors and supporters. Please consider becoming a monthly donor. It helps us out immensely. We appreciate it greatly. Uh, thank you to Summit Ministries, summit.org, code REBEL22 for 100 bucks off the summer program. They get a Covenant Eyes. CovenantEyes.com, code word REBEL for a free month online. Sign up on their website at CovenantEyes.com. Get rid of the porn in your life. Make a difference. God bless. We'll see you in a couple days.